0: This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today.
1: Practical Spirituality
0: Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Rev. Dan Beckett.
1: Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery on Unity Online Radio. We're glad you're with us today. I am Rev. Dan Beckett, here with co-host Rev. Michelle Jellinch. Together... We share ways that spirituality and recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your recovery journey.
2: Facebook users, you can send us your questions and comments anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. Each week on the show, we'll respond to a listener question or comment, and please be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. So please let us know what's on your mind. We'd really love to hear from you.
1: Today's show is titled, What About This Whole God Thing Anyway? Does God exist or not? Many of us denied the existence. After all, how could my life be like this if there is a God? But then again, perhaps we've had a nagging feeling that there's something more to life than just flesh and circumstances. Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on finding and understanding of a power greater than ourselves that helped us move from questioning into faith.
2: So we'll begin today by sharing our experiences of that, that questioning of whether there was a God or not. Then we'll move into the solution, which is coming to believe in a power greater than ourselves. And after the break, we'll share exactly how belief in a power greater than ourselves helped us to move from that questioning to a life of faith. So Dan, tell us about what that questioning looked like for you um, in your early recovery or Before coming into recovery, what was that like?
1: Well, um, you know, something that we just said really um, jogged my memory uh, because most of my life, so I I came to, I came to, um, you know, sort of a a relationship, if you will, with a power greater than myself quite late in my life. Um, And I remember for most of my experience, this this question of like, and we can, and I even said it in the intro: does God exist or not? I have, I have a big problem with that question because that question assumes a definition of God.
2: That's right.
1: But it doesn't say that at all, right. and so I can't answer that question because I need to understand what do you mean, whoever's asking that. What do you mean when you say God? What does that mean to you? And now, you know, maybe we can get into something. And so, right. you know, the the old man with the beard on a cloud that's doling out rewards and punishments, right. um, depending on what mood he was in, uh, that, they're, they're, that God doesn't exist in my experience, in my right. opinion. But I do use the word God and I do describe something, but it's not that. And so um, I had a, a pretty rough road to walk in that um, in my early church experiences and my, my folks, particularly my mom did uh, take us to church when we were kids. I think she just, even though she wasn't a particularly religious person, I think she felt like it was an important part of growing up. And we went to a variety of places, you know, depending on where we lived. And I just remember thinking, uh, You know, I'm quite sure what these people are talking about, but I would hear what they would say and sort of the, the the a good description of where I really got stuck with all of it is, is that I kept hearing that I needed to have what they described as personal relationship with Jesus, which is weird anyway, you know, to a kid. Like what how what the heck does that possibly mean? <laughs> but but then but then immediately thereafter, I felt like I was being told exactly what that relationship needed to look like. Right. And I thought, that is not a personal relationship. That's your relationship. Why are you telling me to have a personal relationship and then telling me exactly what that needs to look like? So I just kind of got off the train at that point. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. You're talking out two sides of your mouth. And bless their hearts, I know that they were doing the best that they could. (laughs) And I know that they're people of faith. And if I met them today, I would not be complaining or fighting or, you know, causing trouble or anything. I'm sure we'd have a lot to talk about in common. But as a kid, that was sort of like, that was it for me. It's like, this doesn't make any sense. You people are nuts and I don't want anything to do with it. And I kind of stayed in that place for a long time.
2: Now, Dan, tell me, are you in the South, honey? Cause you just yeah. said, bless their hearts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am in the South. You're it the giving South. yourself
2: away. <laughs> Yeah. So I also was taken to church as a young person, but I had a little different experience where my parents were divorced. And so I went to church on the weekends I was with my dad and my dad was a very religious, is a very religious man. And my mother had actively left the church and was um, exploring other spiritual avenues at that point. So I was pretty confused. And, um, I, uh, heard things in church that didn't jive with me. It sounds like you also had sort of an intuitive response, even as a small child, that it didn't feel quite right what they were telling you. Um, and I had that experience too, that it didn't feel quite right. There were things that just didn't jive with my belief system. Um, I won't go into that, but and so I, you know, as soon as I was old enough, I actively rejected the church myself and just was like, no, no, this is not for me. And I went through this whole, you know, existential teenage, you know, (laughs) rebellion stage or whatever, where I not only didn't believe in God, but actively did not believe in God, if that makes sense. I mean, you know, there's no God, there's none, this is all, you know, I was very into Jean-Paul Sartre and all this, this is all meaningless and all that stuff. It was all very appealing to me as a teenager. Um, So, you know, I just had nothing basically. And um, when I got into AA, I was quite young, I was 24 years old. And um, this whole idea of belief in a higher power or belief in God um, was a whole new ballgame to me, very new. And so um, I was really uh, starting fresh, pretty much. You know, I I had not been going to church for many years. And so um, it was I was kind of like a clean slate, you know, ready to be written on. And what I love about the 12 steps is it says came to believe. And to me, that implies a process that there's a process of coming to believe. It's not like, boom, I just believed. In fact, and I've shared many times that I would say, you know, a, a, some sort of a belief in a higher power is required in order to move forward with the steps, right? If you, you can't do step three until you've done step two. And so, you know, I, I remember telling my sponsor, well, I don't, have a belief. I don't know what to believe. And she said, just borrow mine until you get your own. And the simplicity of that statement really worked for me. So I started out believing because she believed, not because I believed. I believed because she believed. And I figured she must know what she's talking about. She's my sponsor. She's been sober for a few years. So I'm just going to ride along on the coattails of her higher power until I get my own. And eventually, I did get my own, but <laughs> that's how it started out for me.
1: I like that, and i i I kind of uh identify with that and i and I love how you pointed out that it really is a process, and it does take time and that and that's was my experience as well. you know i had so starting with my my childhood experiences where the whole thing didn't really make sense, I also moved into a very long period of time you know, some decades where, um, you know, when I think back about it, I, I was, you know, I was agnostic or atheist if I even cared enough to make the distinction, which I didn't, (laughs) it didn't matter. That's how little it mattered is that I, I didn't even care if I was agnostic atheist or whatever. It was irrelevant, completely irrelevant to my life. And then, um, At some point, you know, through circumstances, and this was uh, before I got sober, um, I ended up discovering the Unity Church through my spouse. My spouse uh, is a nurse, and she was working the night shift, and one of her workmates was telling her about this church, and she liked the sound of it, so she went with her friend a couple times. And then she's coming home to me saying... I think you right, I think you might really be interested in this. And I'm looking at her like she just grew two heads. Like, what are you talking about? You know, we'd moved down south um not that long before that. And I thought, oh man, she's drinking the Kool-Aid. What is going on at work? Anyway, it was a unity church, and she was absolutely right. And I went to this church and I was completely blown away by what I was hearing. There was a very charismatic, funny, fun, caring minister who was saying things, everything he said made sense to me. I'm like, why haven't I ever heard this before? And so after a a long time of not caring, I found an approach through happenstance uh, that happened to be the unity path that did make sense to me.
2: Yeah, so I, um, my home group for my first year of sobriety, it was a women's candlelight meeting on Friday nights met in the basement of what is now my church and was then Unity of Monterey. Um, and so... I was going there every week. Now, granted, we were in the basement. Well, we called it the basement then, Uh, not in the sanctuary, but just the fact that I had been going into a church building every week for almost a year (laughs) is what made it possible for me when a couple of the women in the meeting said they were attending the church on Sundays. Did I want to come? I felt like that was maybe something that I could possibly do because I'd at least already been in the building, (laughs) you know, so it didn't seem quite as scary to me. And so, you know, God bless them for asking me to join them because I was hooked from the first Sunday and it was a very similar thing that you described. I was like, wow, you know, they talked about a God of my understanding. And in the, in my AA meetings, they were talking about a God of my understanding and a higher power. And, and so the, the two things dovetailed very, very nicely for me. And I'm very grateful that I found unity so early in my recovery because, um, it gave, it gave some structure to this new belief that I had. And, um, it really helped me to grow in my belief to be attending church on Sunday, where the things I was hearing were not in conflict. First of all, not in conflict with what I was learning and, um, you know, growing to understand in the 12 step program, but actually supported that growing belief and helped me, um, like I say, gave it a structure, gave me some way to begin to understand that. So I wasn't just making it all up in my head, you know? And so that was very helpful. And again, the most helpful thing to me about both the 12 step program and unity was that I was not being told, like you were talking about at the beginning, I was not being told what to believe. I was being told that this is a God of your understanding. Um, And it's something that you are going to come to believe in as a process on your own. And that was very appealing to me. And that's what really made it possible for me to even want to have anything to do with this kind of church. You know, and so I'm just very grateful, as I'm sure you are, that I found unity when I did.
1: So in a nutshell, my questioning looked like I was hearing some things, completely dismissed it forever And then, like you're saying, you know, had an experience that was completely different and really piqued my curiosity. But now that we know about this challenge of questioning, what is the solution? Well, in unity, as we always affirm, that all of life is governed by spiritual principles.
2: Yes, and we know that unity's first principle states that there is only one power and one presence active in the universe and in my life god the good omnipotent
1: and this statement identifying a god concept that is quite broad and welcoming is just the kind of approach that we've found helpful and that's what we want to focus on today but what about those of us who feel like this whole god thing doesn't make any sense and don't want anything to do with church just like i was feeling how can how can we come to believe in a power greater than ourselves so Michelle we kind of started to talk about this already but um how would if if you were the sponsor you know you yeah. shared about how your sponsor said that very helpful and powerful uh, idea of why don't you borrow mine yeah but h- how could a person come to believe in a power greater than themselves and or you know how did you other than showing up in in unity what exactly unfolded there
2: well like i say um, and, you know, you just said showing up is a really big part of it. <laughs> just showing up, you know, in the 12 steps, we say, keep coming back. And the reason we say that is because this whole thing is a process. It's a journey. We don't get it in one meeting or even one year of meetings. Um, the more we keep coming back, the more we grow in our spiritual understanding. And so that's the first thing that I'll say. And both the 12-step program and Unity, um, Support and are based on the idea of personal revelation, right? So it's one's personal experience with a higher power or with God. Um, and some folks think that this means that unity is just wide open, believe whatever you want. Uh, but it's actually a lot more complicated than that. It it requires that we have our own spiritual path, that we be in that process, that we be engaged with that experience of personal revelation. Now, how do we have personal revelation? Well, it can look different for everyone. It can look different for me on any given day. But it's a commitment to being to walking a spiritual path. So that might look like daily prayer, might look like meditation. It might look like attending church or attending 12-step meetings, spending time in nature, reading spiritual material, reading the daily word, watching spiritual programming on TV or online, any and all of the above. So it's just being engaged in a spiritual practice, whatever that looks like. And that's what I did. And what I found was that over time of doing those things, that higher power concept began to take shape in me.
1: You know, when I ask myself this question, you know, we talk in uh, in recovery circles about a power greater than ourselves, right? That's the descriptive phrase. And what does that mean to me? What does a power greater than myself mean to me? Not, I'm not thinking that I'm going to describe the power greater than myself that I kind of carry today. I mean, what does the whole concept mean? Right. Because Mm -hmm. so, so many of us, when we're new, it can be a real barrier. But one thing that I noticed early on and that I really like, and I think we may have touched on already is that in 12 step spirituality, this power, this idea of the power greater than ourselves is really wide open Right. It's, it's open to, I might say open to interpretation, but more than that, that implies that there's like a text that needs to be interpreted. It's open to personal experience. Like I, I am perfectly free to pursue whatever my internal calling seems to be, you know, my, my guidance, if you will, whichever way I feel drawn, I am welcome to pursue that path and see what comes of it. I'm welcome to be truly wide open. And even though in the past I may have got stuck on what I thought your definition of God was, and then that's that false dichotomy that I mentioned before, Um, you know, does God exist or not? predicates a most definite definition of God. I can put that whole thing aside, that whole question, that whole God concept, whatever it might be. I don't even need to try and unwind that. I can set all that aside and simply follow what I would now call, you know, presence of the spirit within and let God reveal God to me as I am ready, you know, as things unfold or I, I think I said once to a friend of mine who's a very traditional Christian I said God will teach me everything I need to know about God. That's that right. was a fairly horrifying statement to my traditional Christian friend. I don't know if <laughs> that that's true about all traditional Christians. I mean, I'm I'm Christian though not traditional. I'm, you know, I'm in the I'm in the mystic branch. Yeah. Um like Unity uh, started out as um but I truly believe and have had the experience that Whatever this, you know, the word God is just a signpost, right? Like all words, it just points to something that cannot be encompassed by words. Well, what that signpost points at, to me, I can learn everything about that from that, from showing up, you know, in, in that experience. And that's the word I will always circle back to, experience,
2: Yes, it's that personal experience. You know, I was thinking how um, some folks come into either unity and or 12-step recovery with a lot of baggage around the word God. And, um, you know, that I, I totally get that. I totally understand that. And that's why we have this wonderful term, higher power. Um, and I like cutesy things, so I like calling it HP. Somebody told me that <laughs> early in recovery, and I was like, HP, I like that. So I would talk about, you know, well, let me consult with HP on this. And I don't know, it just worked for me to try on a different word for God, but that still really had that, um, that meaning of a higher power. Now, for addicts, recovering addicts, whatever our substance um, was, That concept of a higher power is so important because as we've talked about so much on this show, we tend to come into the program as self-will run riot, right? I know I was. No God on board. It's just me. It's the Michelle show. Um, I am powering through my own life by the sheer force of my own will. And that's a very ego based state a very ego driven state that's why this concept of a higher power i believe is so important for people in recovery because it's moving from that self-focused self-obsessed self-centered ego-based perspective of life to something bigger higher greater more expansive and what that means to each one of us will change and shift and grow and expand immensely over time. But the importance is that it's bigger than just me. And that's how we move out of ego and into connection. It's how we move out of self and into uh, more oneness, reliance on something that's outside of me. Now, in unity, we teach that God is within as well as without. So I'm not, that's not in conflict with what I'm saying. I'm talking about Uh, relying on something other than my own self-will and my own ego and I think for this alcoholic it's very important that that be not just within but also without so for me God yes God is within but God is also the totality of everything and that is so much bigger than me and that's what I need in order to be able to get sober and stay sober and live a spiritual life
1: yeah, I like that, and I I share that view. Um, I know that I encounter, you know, I talk about having a a a, a God concept that's based on personal experience, um, and so I have that experience within my own self, but that but so do you, and so do others. And so it's not as if God is only present within me, though I may experience God primarily, at least directly, within myself. I can also uh, look out at the world and feel an experience of God. Maybe there's some beautiful vista, you know, like you mentioned nature before. What I, I know people that said, you know, the woods is my church. Yes. And I've totally down with that. It's like, that's where you should go. Um, Don't go to a building. If the woods is your church, go to the woods. I've heard people say that about a Sunday recovery meeting, you know, a a recovery group that meets on Sundays. People have said over and over. I remember, and I love that group too. um, This is my church. They just mean, this is where I have a spiritual experience, or at least the possibility thereof. You know, this is where, This is where I go uh, in order to commune with others who have perhaps something of a shared experience. Maybe not exactly the same, but who cares? You know, nobody's comparing notes and trying to figure out who has the right God and who doesn't. That's the whole point of having um, having a God concept that's based on... Uh, personal experience Uh, for me that part of what that personal experience brings. And I might even say that my concept of God, the the God of my understanding is a source of hope and strength for me Um, because I can realize, all right, I I don't have to figure everything out myself. I have this mysterious seemingly source of wisdom within me that I don't understand that I don't need to understand that that adds things into the mix. If I am willing Mm -hmm. to uh, show up and, you know, take the time and, and sit down and be quiet for a few minutes and do what in unity we call turn within, right? It's a, it's a, it's a um, experiential kind of uh, prayer. It's a contemplative prayer. And so it's okay if I don't have all the answers, because I don't need to have all the answers and that in itself to me is a great source of hope and strength because I can let go of some of that fear that used to be so overriding that, well, if I don't know, then I'm totally screwed because, right. you, know, yeah. what I'm, what's, you know, I'm done. That's it. End of story. And I don't have to live that way. And I'm grateful uh, for that, for sure.
2: So in unity, we use a lot of different words for God. Yeah. And one of them is divine mind. And that sort of helps me in a way uh, because we can think of small mind being my own mind and divine mind being the, the one mind. And I also think of small S self and big S self, right? So there's my small self, which is my ego, personality, identity, Michelle. And then there's my higher self, which is that which is connected to the one, to the source, to the divine mind. I don't know if that helps anyone, but those distinctions help me a lot because it does get kind of paradoxical. God is within, but God is actually without as well. But God. So when we say God is within, I believe we're talking to, you know, what we call sometimes the Christ, that, that big S self, the part of ourselves that is connected to the whole, to the source. So that, that, that's been helpful for me to think of it that way in terms of God being both within and without.
1: I really like that, and and it helps me a lot, too. And that, I think, is a great example of what we were talking about before. There there aren't any real hard and fast rules, and we're okay. But let's hold that thought because it is time for a short break. And when we come back, we will continue the conversation. So please stay with us. Practical Spirituality
0: Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery.
1: Welcome back indeed. We are glad you're with us today. If you're just joining us, my name is Rev. Dan Beckett and I'm here with co-host Rev. Michelle Jelich. We'll resume our discussion in a moment, but first we want to remind you that you can send us your questions and feedback anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Messages from there, and each week we'll respond during the show to a listener question or comment. Uh, be assured that your anonymity will always be respected, and please let us know what's on your mind.
2: So prior to the break, we were discussing uh, that Questioning and sort of lack of belief in anything, anything spiritual or religious that we had before we got into recovery. And then we talked about coming to believe in a power greater than ourselves and what that process was like. So, Dan, tell us a little bit about how that belief in a power greater than yourself, how did that lead you from that questioning and that lack of faith into a life based on faith?
1: Well, um,
2: yeah, in 10 seconds or
0: less.
1: Yeah. I right. <laughs> it's like, oh man. Uh, w- one thing, and I have no doubt mentioned this, but it's so central. Um, and when I consider that question, uh, my mind immediately goes to that, uh, it's really important to me to be very careful about concluding you know to um oh i don't know c- concluding we'll just say that i got all this figured out oh yeah right that that i've got this god thing figured out and i could write it down and i could show you and then you could know also that that is really antithetical to the whole concept of god that i carry because the word that keeps coming back to me is mystery Right, yes, and and I don't I mean that. mystery in wishy-washy, because it can kind of sound like non-committal. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm deeply yeah. committed, but I don't um, I don't carry a God concept that is so uh, walled in. You know what I mean? All, yes. In fact, it's almost the opposite. It's it's fairly wide open, and that's what has worked best for me. There is a. Um, a quote from the big book that I want to share that kind of points to me, it points at this possibility very clearly. And it goes like this deep within every man, woman and child is the fundamental idea of God. It is only there only deep within that he may be found. And what that tells me is a literally turn within Yes, And that that there is a fundamental idea in there. It's not telling me what that idea is exactly. It's just saying there is something. And it's very core to who I am. It's very central, I'll say. When the word fundamental there means to me it's very central, um, very basic to uh, who I am as a person. And that I can find and encounter that uh, within myself. And so that's what I always... Return to, and being able to move forward on that basis is really what has led me sort of out of a life of, I call it a life of questioning, but I really wasn't questioning. I could care less, right? I had done my questioning and moved on. But I can accurately describe the way I live now as a life that is it's God-centered. It's predicated on faith in something that I would acknowledge as a mystery. And because of its openness and the fact that, as the quote from the big book indicates, I can find it within myself or experience it within myself, um, that's what has helped me more than anything.
2: Yes, I love that you use that word mystery and I think you know I'm a big Richard Rohr fan and he he likes to use that word mystery and I think what what that's what's being implied there is what you mentioned in the last segment that God is so vast and so big that the human mind can't conceive of it. The best we can do is point at it. Yeah. The best we can do is what Jesus did, use metaphors. God is like this, God is like that. But um, that's the best we can do, and we're still only scratching the surface of what God truly is. So as long as we understand that, that's a really good starting place. Um, And I can completely agree with you that this is not a static thing. In fact, the more committed we are to the spiritual path, the more we can probably expect that our understanding of God will change. Um, it will grow and expand and shift and change many, many times over our spiritual path. That has certainly been my experience. Most recently, you know, it's it's now one year out since I graduated from Unity Institute and was ordained. And uh, right. going through seminary was a huge, you know. Oh my goodness! Just a real big shifts and changes, and in what I believed, you know, God to be, and how I experience God, and my relationship with God. And it swings one way, and then it swings another way, and then it comes back to rest somewhere in between. And that has been my experience: is that it, there's no uh, end point, there's no figuring out, like you said, figuring out what God is, because and God may mean something different to me on any given day. I experience. God in a different way and I think that's fine you know and my relationship with God is different every day or in different contexts Um, there's sometimes that I experience God very clearly within and there's times when I experience God very clearly without Um, without meaning outside of me larger than me Um, for me I, I have that nature thing you know, and I was thinking about when we were talking about higher power and a power greater than me, I was thinking about how moved I am by the Grand Canyon. It's just one of my, like, spiritual hotspots. And a lot of people are moved by the Grand Canyon. And I think it's because of that vastness. It's so big. It's kind of the same experience when we stand next to the ocean. It's so big that it makes us feel both small and huge at the same time. It's just kind of one of these spiritual paradoxes. <laughs> but it's, it's something bigger than just small me and makes me feel expansive and to me that's one aspect of the experience of God
1: I love that especially the the nature part I have not personally been to the Grand Canyon so I can only imagine but um, I get I get that sort of hugeness and majesty and overwhelming experience yeah. I can certainly feel how that could parallel uh, my own internal concept of God. You know, as you as you spoke, I, I remembered something that I have found very helpful from the first time that I heard it, a way to understand. You talked about the, there's this God within, but then again, I've had experiences of, you know, of God seemingly without, and it's not either or, it's without within, but I can also, um, I've experienced what feels like God's presence in other people, yes. right? And so there's this way of seeing that I've heard this called the three faces of God that has helped me so much. Yes. And uh, because it's so anchored in a, a human way of seeing. So think about if if you and I were to write a book, okay. anytime we go to write, I have to make a decision. Am I? writing in the first person the second yeah. person or the third person right is it i blah 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 or is it you or is it he she it i need to make a decision i'm picking a perspective basically right. or what in writing we call a person well um i find that that maps very cleanly and clearly even to the uh, traditional trinity and uh, mm-hmm. the bible of, of uh, father son and holy spirit and if i'm in first person, and that's in unity and in all mystical traditions, we strongly favor the first person. That's God I experience within myself, right? So that's the the kind of I point of view. But I might also experience God as God is showing up in you. Mm-hmm. And that, to me is the second person or in the, in the traditional tr- tr- Trinity, you know, that's the son, that's God that I see in someone else. And then he, she, it third person, that's God, the father, that's God out there in the world sort of around. And I can sort of point at it and it's definitely not, it's not you and it's not me. It's something that we're swimming in,
2: yes. you
1: know, that third person that third person and when i heard that all of a sudden you know i could make friends with the trinity which i was never that friendly with yeah. uh, before because it is a very human way of seeing this yeah. is not three different things this is the same thing as viewed from three different places yeah and all of a sudden it's like you know something some light went on in my head i'm like ah right now i can see it now i i i'm down I'm down with that.
2: Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up that three faces of God thing, because that was extremely helpful for me, too, in validating all the various ways that I experience God. And like I said, it could be different on a on any given day or even different times throughout the day. Um, if you're listening and you're interested in that, um, I think you could look up Robert Brummett, right? Didn't he write an article about the three faces of God?
1: I'm sure Somewhere he did. That's I have that. where I've learned it. Yeah, yeah,
2: he's really good at explaining that. And I really appreciate that. And I'm also glad you brought brought up, uh, the sort of idea of superimposing the concept of the Trinity onto that. And again, Richard Rohr, that Trinity is his thing. And, and the reason that, uh, Father Rohr feels the Trinity is so important is it because is because it implies a relationship. And so I really believe that God is an, is the experience of relationship, right? Um, So we say that there is one power and one presence, which means that we are all part of that. Right. Mm -hmm. But we're currently in human bodies, at least I am. I'm in a body. (laughs) I'm not a Bodhisattva or whatever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can I be in the body of a Greek God, please?
2: (laughs) I experience myself as a human, uh, currently, you know, manifested in a human body, and so I I don't experience myself as God. Rather, I experience myself in relationship with God, and um and I experience God in relationship with others, in relationship with nature, in relationship with my friends, my loved ones, my child, um and and I also experience it in relationship with myself. But again, it's in it's that. Experience of relationship is where I find God. Now I don't know what happens when we die. Maybe we go back to the totality that is God, and then we we're not in that experience of relationship in, anymore. Then we're actually in it, or we are it, or whatever. But right now I'm in a body, and so I experience it as relationship. And that's what that three faces of God and that concept of the Trinity really helps me with is that. God is in the relationship between things. God experiences God's self in relationship with things. And Father Rohr even says, God expresses God's self by becoming things. And so that's the incarnation. That's why we're here, to experience God's self in relationship.
1: Yeah, I love that point of view. Thank you for sharing it so well, too. Um, I'm, I. I can echo what you said, and that just makes so much sense to me. It feel you know it sort of warms my heart to to hear that and to remember what that feels like and to feel it again, and to have that sort of intimacy. You know, and that's that's what Jesus was expressing in the Gospels, is that intimacy and the words that got used to try and point at that was God is my father. That's how intimate the relationship was yes. uh, for Jesus. And I love that relational way of seeing. You yeah. know, one way that this uh, whole God thing has helped me, you know, after I was able to make peace with it or, or find find a a way that worked for me, you know, something that made Mm -hmm. sense enough that I felt like, okay, I can move forward with this. And then of course, over the years, that's developed into quite a a deep uh, experience. And like you say, relationship, but it, this whole way of seeing, uh, brought what I would have to now call faith, which sometimes I even bristle at because, I understand that that word can mean different things to different people, and I understand that the way I use it um, could be misunderstood, and it's different than the way others use it, and I just have to, you know, basically continually let go of that and let let it be for me what it is for me. But what faith is for me is it's helped me move into what I would call confident living, you know, a, a, a way of being in the world that feels grounded somehow, because I've spent way too much time in my life feeling ungrounded, you know, sort of cut loose, like a, like, a, you know, a balloon only lightly tethered to the ground. I like the feeling of my feet firmly planted on the ground. And I get that um, through faith in this God of my understanding that, in truth, I don't really even understand, you know, and that's <laughs> as opposed to living fearfully, you know, just sort yeah. of not having any kind of anchor and some, you know, and I I get the atheist point of view because the atheist point of view is really a pushback against the classical theist point of view. Right. And that, and the, those, that's only two, that's really one thing. And it's the, yes, it is. No, it isn't, yeah. right? but it's not two different things. It's one thing. Yeah. and and it's two uh perspectives on that one thing well there's so much more than just that one way of seeing yes. and i i know people for whom that way of seeing is supremely helpful and it's their primary way of seeing and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that i don't need people to see the way that i see <laughs> you know in in order to 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 be in um harmony with them
2: right
1: it's fine uh, for people to see it otherwise, but anyway, um, I just love the freedom in all of this, and I love being able to feel grounded, and so oh, I was going to say, so the atheist is like, well, you just you know you just made all this up anyway, and I'm like, and <laughs> So, so what? What does that yeah. mean? That, that implies that there's stuff that's not made up, and I yeah. would argue that that is not true. <laughs> I think we are all the authors of our own experience, and yeah. what I might call objective reality is really a model that I've created in my mind of what I like to think of as objective reality, but it's just another construct, and I need to be careful about which ones I bestow treasure status on. Right, right,
2: right. Yes, I believe truly, and this is something that I've really come to believe in the last year or so, that each person experiences God in a different way. And it is not for me, even as a unity minister, or I should say, especially as a unity minister, to try to imply what someone else's experience of God should be. Yes. Um, each person is on their own journey. And like I said, our understanding of God is always in flux, always changing, hopefully expanding, getting bigger, hopefully, yeah. getting more helpful. But you know, I wanted to just turn before we run out of time to a, a more practical aspect of this. um of how I came to believe. I mean, how did I go from not having any sort of belief in anything spiritual to turning my will in my life over to the care of God as I understood God? How did I get from step zero to step three, you know? And I just wanted to say that for me, it was really experiential. So I was told that I could borrow my sponsor's higher power. I did that and I began using it. You know, sometimes we talk in 12 step about acting as if, but. It's not, that's not a falseness or a fakeness. It's just trying it on for size. And so we try believing in a higher power and see what happens. And what happened for me was that I experienced a huge shift, especially when I took the third step. Um, I experienced a huge shift in my life. It was almost immediate. I no longer felt alone. I suddenly felt like I had access to all the answers of the universe. And Fillmore talks about that. You know, divine mind suddenly became accessible to me. Um, I had a partner in life. I had a power that I could turn to to help me in every aspect of my life. And I began doing that. I mean, I went third step crazy. I started turning everything over to God
0: my relationship,
2: my car, my home, my finances, my life, my future, everything. And for my my personal experience was that life got immensely better when I did that. And so that's that's how it was for me. It was try it on, it works, I like this, I'm going to go with this. And so, you know, neither in 12 step program nor in unity do we tell people what to believe. Try it on. Find something that sounds appealing and begin to work with it. Grapple with it. God is something that's active and we've got to sort of work with it and see where it takes us and see if your life gets better. See if it feels right. See if it makes a difference for you. It certainly made all the difference for me and that solidified my faith.
1: I believe that if what I'm Saying is true, then you should be able to discover it for yourself. Also, yeah, you don't need. I mean, if if believing me, kind of like you described with your sponsor, is helpful along the way, that's wonderful. But eventually, we've got to. I've got to get to where it's my own experience that I am uh, building upon, even if I borrowed some faith, so to speak, right. from someone else because it was something that helped me. Um, you know, help me to get there but i've I've stayed that said that at church many times i'm not I'm not standing in the pulpit on a Sunday morning asking you to believe what I'm saying because I'm saying it I'm asking you to try it for yourself yep. and see prove it if you will yep. is a word again you mentioned um some some of mr Fillmore's ways of of seeing this, and that's one of them yep. you know unity is a a link in the great educational movement inaugurated by Jesus Christ. Our purpose is to prove, among other things, to to teach and to help and to prove this truth. That is, in fact, what he set out to do, right? When he saw his wife Myrtle healed through faith, he's like, what is that? I have got to (laughs) see what this is all about. And so that was the word that he used. I'm going to prove or disprove that this is a thing. And what he found was that, boy, what is it a thing? And he, of course, went on. You know, the Missouri mystic is referred to as that mystic simply meaning uh, centered on experience, not doctrine, not ideas so much as experience. And, of course, out of experience are born ideas and all of that. But, you know, I'm glad that you shifted to the practical um, and r- remind us, uh, that it's good to move out of the realm of the concept. And, uh, it made me question, okay, so what was my practical path? And a lot of it was, you know, the sort of the door I walked in through, uh, my first minister was part of it, but that was just sort of broad, uh, was the prosperity door, right? The unity prosperity teachings oh, really yeah. grabbed my attention early on, mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, I may have been a little materialistic. Yeah, I might have been a little self-centered. But hey, if it was going to help me get a Cadillac, I wanted to know more about this God (laughs) that that had Cadillacs, right? And so I really dove into that deep, and I worked it earnestly. That's where I did firewalking, which was a powerful demonstration to me of the power of uh, interconnection. And I, I eventually sort of shifted out of that, but took with me to what to me are the core and important teachings of that not i'm not in this to figure out how to get a cadillac or a bigger house i know that i can do that i'm not worried about that now i'm in this to be in relationship with the source and that's what it's about but now did we, you
2: get a cadillac then? did you get oh yeah
1: one? we need to yeah and sold it <laughs> But we need to change gears and turn our attention to a question or comment from our listeners. So here's something that often comes up. And you've heard us say this. Someone might say, I really don't like organized religion. So how can I find a power greater than myself that actually works for me, you know, that makes sense for me?
2: Yeah, um, again, I'll just say personal experience and personal revelation, you know, it's, it's something that we've each, it's a path we've each got to walk on our own, and Jesus said, seek and ye shall find, you know, the person who seeks God finds God. And your God might look a little differently from my God because you're a different person from me. So whatever that looks like, spending time in nature, prayer and meditation, um, reading things, listening to things, spiritual literature, all of that can help as we're beginning to work with this concept of a power greater than ourselves. And I would just say, let it come naturally and know that it will change and shift over time, and sort of try to be okay with that, you know. That God is not static; God is always in flux.
1: I love that dynamic is the word that that I that I <laughs> yeah. find with that, and I love uh, Richard Rohr's point of view itself: God incarnating in order to experience, is showing up as. Yes. Uh, us and, and everything else. Uh, my thought about that, and this is really hard to do, but if at all possible, let go of other people's concepts of God. Mm-hmm. I know I've been at a place where it never even occurred to me that there was another concept of God. All I knew was what they called it. And to me, that was the beginning, the end, and all of it. Yeah. Well, when I was able to question and to let go of other people's concept of God and rely on my personal experience. Basically, what you can do is make up your own and mm-hmm. see what happens. Yeah. Because if you're on to something, you'll know it, and it'll yeah. work, and you can follow it. If you're not, you'll know it, and you'll find another approach yeah. that does work. I believe that, and in my experience, and this is, again, from the from the big book, I'm going to quote it twice on today's show, big deal. <laughs> On page 46, to us, the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek.
2: Yes. Well, we like to always offer you an affirmation that you can use to solidify some of the things you've heard today. And so today our affirmation is, by opening my heart and mind to a power greater than myself... I find peace
1: by opening my heart and mind to a power greater than myself. I find peace. Well, it's happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another hour listening to spirit of recovery. And we're so grateful that you did. And we hope that you found something in all our yammering that will be genuinely helpful to you in your recovery. Thank you, Reverend Michelle, for our discussion again. And thanks to all who are listening to the podcast via Spotify, apple podcast google play stitcher and tune in we bless you wherever you are on your recovery journey
2: listeners if you would like you can connect with us on our facebook page spirit of recovery and please give us your thoughts and feedback we invite you to join us again next tuesday at 4 p.m and until then don't drink like my co-host
1: and don't drink like my co-host
2: instead go and have yourself a wonder-filled week